0: Welcome, Monsieur. Sit yourself down and meet the best innkeeper in town. A gent of good intent who's content to be boss. Or- the spreadsheet. Hi, everybody, and welcome to the Circle of Film podcast. Today, we will be going through the Hacksaw Ridge statistics episode and uh, hopefully. This will um, impact some people in a generally positive way. Although, I guess I can say that I know that it will do that. I guess, I guess what I mean is maybe it will be a more significant way than simply a couple of spots up the spreadsheet. But we, we'll see. You know who who can t- who can say until it actually happens i you know from from the review episode for the for this film, I stated that I would give it somewhere in the mid eighty range ultimately, and I'm looking at that right now, and I think that that was a little overzealous because i'm I'm kind of being drawn down to the low eighty range at this point. And I think I'm going to end up giving it an 80 on the dot uh, which puts it even with hell or high water for this year. Uh, Let me see here. Get Rotten Tomatoes up. Get iTunes up. Perfect. All right, so it's got an 86% right now in Rotten Tomatoes. That's pretty good. Um, And let's see, how about a review? So the IMDb synopsis says, World War II American Army medic Desmond T. Doss, who served during the Battle of Okinawa, refuses to kill people and becomes the first conscientious objector in American history to be awarded the Medal of Honor. It's a bit long for my spreadsheets. Uh, it uh, That will not fit all in the cell that I use. But let's see if we can kind of trim that up a little bit. Um, a conscientious objector. Enters. Mm, enters battle. I don't like the sound of enters battle though enters um let's say conscience conscientious a conscientious objector enters the war without any weapons seeking only to save lives i like that that's a good one awesome So, here we go. Mel Gibson as a director. Where is he at? Um, I've got two films of his on here. Braveheart and Apocalypto. And Axel Rich actually outrates both of them quite substantially. You know, I only give Braveheart a 63. uh, As I think it suffers from Gibson's more prevalent problem of being very ham-fisted and, you know, very, uh, perfect, uh, perfect, really. You know, it's, it's too convenient to be so, you know, nice and sentimental and all that. And I think Haxrich does a really good job of permitting the other side of the Coin to show a bit a bit more, so it it outpaces Braveheart quite substantially. Apocalypse Do has a fifty-four, um, which so it's a little further below. But this will Axel Ridge bumps Mel Gibson up about two hundred and thirty spots. Uh, you know he's in the top thousand, but now he's also in the top fifty percent of directors. Um, let's see if there's any notable ones around him. Uh, it puts him just above Michael Mann and just behind the Wachowski sisters. So, you know, he's in good company, I'd say. Um, writers. You've got Robert Schenken. Let's see here. S-C-H-E-N-N-K-K. Nope. Schenken is a new addition to the writer's list. Robert Schenken. And then Andrew Knight. Knight with a K is also new to the list. And they will enter in decent standing. Um, The writing page on the spreadsheet is a little heavy, heavy toward the top. As... Uh, part of my uh, adding to this page started at the top, and I was slowly working my way down the ranking system. So uh, it's definitely very top-heavy. So even though they were they both contribute to writing a very good movie that was rated 80, they're not even in the top 1,000, uh, which is a pretty substantial uh, statistic. But that's writers, so actors. And this is, you know, this is always my favorite page to work on. You've got Andrew Garfield. Uh, Garfield, the movie. Uh, he's currently at 1262 in a like 20 way tie with a ton of other people. This is his ninth film and his second best overall um, behind The Social Network, <clears throat> which he co starred in with. Jesse Eisenberg, and falls one point ahead of Boy A, and I'm Here, Um, which I don't remember either of those by their title, Uh, but they're both rated 79. This will move him into the top 1,000 at 996th, so that's, that's a significant jump. Who else do we have? Hugo Weaving. Who's currently 350th, so he's he's toward the top, and this is only gonna boost his per his score. And we'll move him into the into 222nd. Uh, so that's a huge jump for for Hugo Weaving. <clears throat> and Hacksaw Ridge is his eighth best movie. Um, You know, coming behind the Lord of the Rings trilogy, V for Vendetta, um, The First Matrix, Oranges and Sunshine, and Last Ride, which all are ahead of um, Axel Ridge, but still very good for his filmography. Uh, Now we've got Rachel Griffiths. This is her eighth film her fourth overall. And this will bump her up from about 1,500 to just inside of 1,200. And find finds itself behind Jude, Saving Mr. Banks, and The Rookie. I'm surprised I have The Rookie rated so highly. The the Dennis Quaid baseball movie. I mean, I, I watched it as a kid. I was very taken by it. And I I wonder how well it would hold up today. I I suspect not quite as well, but you never know. Um, Teresa Palmer, Teresa Wright, Teresa Palmer, who's 2480th, so she's kind of toward the bottom. This is her seventh film, and happens to be her second best one and this will actually propel her to 2139 so a little you know significantly higher but still quite tending toward the bottom uh, perhaps the you know, she was recently in lights out a couple of months ago which was good it, it it hit the low 60s for me personally i thought it did all right with its concept Uh, but was very, very much not um, groundbreaking in any way. And, you know, I thought it it was kind of an interesting scenario. It was just too much of a supernatural scenario that didn't really make sense in how it originated, how it continued to operate. Um, but, uh, uh, anyway, Axel Ridge comes in at second for Teresa Palmer behind Knight of Cups, which is the Terrence Malick film from last year that I think it was last year that it technically came out and you know it's got a lot of mixed reviews. You know, people continue to say that Malick is moving further and further into Film as art without telling any sort of story. And I'll be the first to admit that there are. Malik is not even necessarily for me. Uh, I'm very hit or miss with him. And, you know, I haven't seen The Tree of Life, which is kind of his biggest draw and his biggest noteworthy film. Uh, I'm actually seeing it later this month as part of the scavenger hunt. But. You know, I saw *Knight of Cups and I was actually really taken by it. I thought I really enjoyed its joie de vie or whatever. I know there's more people in this. Um, So we've got a bunch of the uh, soldiers that shared Andrew Garfield's barracks, but none of them that really seemed to be... Prominent actors in their own rights until Vince Vaughn, um, who is 2,983rd. This is his 20th film and is his best film. Uh, So that's pretty, pretty exciting. You know, his previous best film was Old School, rated 75. Which is another film that I'm not sure holds up if I rewatch it. I remember watching it when I was, you know... I guess, in high school for the first time. And I thought it was just hilarious. I haven't seen it since, so I don't know if it actually holds up to that rating. But for the time being, anyway, Hacksaw Ridge is Vince Vaughn's number one film, and he bumps up a little bit more than 100 spots. You know, not a huge jump, but, you know his his value has gone up to negative three which is pretty bad great uh sam worthington he hasn't been in a lot of things this is his 13th film and is his second best film behind avatar which i currently have at a 90 i went and saw avatar was the Second film I've seen in uh, I've seen twice at the movie theater at the time, and is actually currently the only film that I've seen more than once at a theater that wasn't Christopher Nolan's Batman trilogy. And I saw it both in 3D and in normal 2D, and I I was just you know I haven't seen it in a while it gets a lot of hate for being just a compilation of various Disney movies and white savior films that just looks pretty. Uh, and, you know, I can't necessarily argue those points about the film, but I just remember loving it quite intensely. And perhaps it require it does require a revisit. You know, I'm, capable of admitting that you know definitely could have been looking at it through rose-colored glasses when I was watching it originally so there's definitely that possibility but uh, for now you know it's still sitting at a 90 and I think I actually dropped it uh, not too not too terribly long ago from like the mid 90s to just 90. Because I do recognize just you know, it's it's hard to argue with how stereotypical the plot of it all is. Um, and, you know, that does that does impact the score. And I think that's it for actors. You know, there's a ton of other names in this movie, but none that I recognize or see as noteworthy as of right now. So we're gonna move on to genre. Axel Ridge. 2016. Gave it an 80. Um, how do we got? It? How have we got it? so IMDB lists it as a biography, drama, romance, war. War is a genre that I wish I had in my spreadsheet, and it's probably the one that I will add next, but it's currently not on there. Uh, biography is not one that I, I use either. That just makes this a Romance drama Doesn't it have to be considered an action movie In some sense Uh, Letterboxd lists it as a war drama history So it doesn't even list it as a romance I mean it's kind of a romance The first half is a romance It's definitely a drama Hmm, Let's see is it an action movie? Uh, no, I don't know. Is like, is Saving Private Ryan really an action movie? Yes, according to my spreadsheet. Mm. But Saving Private Ryan is also predominantly action based. Like, it, the whole thing takes place in in a war, and this does not. There's only half of it. All right, we're gonna give it a zero on action. A zero on adventure it's not animated it's not a comedy it's not a crime it's not a documentary it is a drama fantasy no foreign no horror no music no mystery no romance romance again romance is it's basically the same thing as action it's not you know if you ask me to list my top rom- romance movies of the year i don't think i'd feel comfortable saying hacksaw ridge so no it's not a romance not a sci fi or a short film or a sport film or a thriller or a western or Disney Pixar film. So that just leaves drama. So it's a drama. There we go. It was that easy. Uh, Bechtel test. There are two speaking female parts that are given names. Um, you know, you've got <sighs> Teresa Palmer as Dorothy Shoot. And Rachel Griffiths, uh, Griffiths as Bertha Doss, but I, as far as I'm aware, they never talk to each other. Um, so it gets a one. It's rated R. Doesn't make any of the top lists currently. Although it has an 8.8 on IMDb, it only has eight nine thousand ratings though. Mm, sorry. So yeah, you know that could change as it gets closer to awards season and more and more people begin to watch the movie because i do think it's going to play some role at the academy awards i'd be very surprised surprised if it had no impact whatsoever Um, but currently it is not nominated or has won anything just like every other film that's been released this year and none of the other lists are relevant to current releases. So, yeah, we that's Hacksaw Ridge. It turns out, you know, to have definitely boosted a couple of actors uh significantly. You know, it brought us Vince Vaughn's best film. Mm, I don't know if it's his best performance, you know, you there's some scenes where you really do see the strain in his face to almost almost to stay in character i don't want to go that far but in some respects it's kind of like that um and you know it's a another notch on the belt for andrew garfield so i'm I'm sure he and his fan base are quite pleased but yeah and and as then as far as mel gibson's concerned it's, you know, I don't know exactly what other... I, like I said, I only had two other movies of his on the spreadsheet. And there are. That's it. You know, I'm not missing any. <clears throat> the only film I haven't seen of his that he directed is Passion of the Christ. Which is on my list to see at some point. Um, I have it on my computer already. But it's such a long movie. One of the things... So, I I play fantasy movie league, and one of the biggest um, representatives of longevity in terms of box office returns are what a movie's cinema score gets. You know, so movies are looking for an A, A minus. Anything less than an A minus is kind of bad. Uh, You know, and I don't to be honest, I don't fully understand the cinema score and how it's calculated and you know, what percentage of moviegoers actually use it or consider it in any way. But the passion of the Christ, I remember reading this recently, got an a plus cinema score. And, you know, I, I, I get that pretty much most of the people that went to see this movie were people who are of this faith, who you know believe in this faith, etc., etc., etc. But this was a very divisive film. It's a very—I mean, it's not an overly long film. It's just a little over two hours, but it's a very divisive film. It only has a three point one on Letterboxd. Uh, it's got got a 7.1 on imdb which is good but not great so i'm i don't know i thought that i don't know i thought that was kind of interesting i don't know just thought i thought i'd bring that up for a second um great so that was hacksaw ridge and we are all done with it now and moving on to uh just um you know uh just a little further dive into the spreadsheet, trying to kind of help you guys, help you understand me and where I'm coming from. I wanted to look at uh, some actors a little bit more closely. Now, you know, there's so many layers to all the data here. You've got, you know, on this page specifically, The first column shows their rank out of all the actors that are on this list. All 3,253 of them, uh, you have their rank out of that number. Uh, And then the next three columns are their date, uh, are their month, day, and year of birth, and um, those are all blacked out if the person is deceased with a comment annotating the date they died and how old they were when they died. And there's, it's incomplete, um, you know, cause there are some people who, whose ages just aren't online to be found. But, you know, what this does say is that, you know, I can sort by year, by birthday, by birth month. You know, we can look at all the people who were born on, Christmas, all the poor people who were born on January 1st, the lucky few who were born on February 29th, uh, who, then the one that comes to mind is Dennis Farina. Uh, you know, born February 29th, 1944, uh, passed away July 22nd, 2013 at the age of 69. Um, <clears throat> you know, so... You know, you've got that entire scope of looking at things, sorting things, figuring it out. Then the next two columns are first and last name, uh, and there are a handful of people who don't use a last name. You know, I've got Eminem in here as a first name. Ice T is just a first name. Sting, Eve, Ludacris, Common, Share, Will I Am, Madonna, Rihanna rain so you know primarily musical artists Uh, but that way and it's kind of a double-edged sword because i can't search for a full name so if i'm searching for uh, matt damon i have to search for matt or i have to search for damon and now you know you pick the more obscure of the two names so like i can search for damon and it could send me to damon wayans damon wayans jr and then matt damon or uh you know but you know a lot of the last names are unique you know cheetle clooney ratzenberger defoe but it does you know what what i use that for primarily is to sort by first name uh, because you know then i can see well here we have 11 atoms on the list and the best adam is adam driver the worst adam is adam sandler adam brody adam arkin adam baldwin adam west adam scott adam divine adam goldberg adam levine adam levine sorry uh adam alexi mall you know, or and and so you can like you know all the Amy's. You know there are fifteen or so Amy's, sixteen Amy's. You know, Amy Adams leads the way there. Uh, Amy Heidemann bringing up the rear. Amy Heideman is the female part of. Um. Oh shoot! What's the oh, fuck? What's their name? Uh, Carmen, The female in Carmen is Amy Heidemann, who is in Rio 2. It's the only movie. And so I I find that interesting. Or, you know, you can... I mean, I guess you could do the same thing with last names. All the people whose last names are Black. Jack Black, James Black, Karen Black, Louis Black, Lucas Black, Tori Black. Uh, You know, you can... You know, Burton... Kate Burton, LeVar Burton, Corey Burton, Richard Burton, Tony Burton It helps keep family members together James Kahn, Scott Kahn You know, David Carradine, John Carradine, Keith Carradine, Robert Carradine So, you know, you have you know, a multitude of different ways To look at this information, to figure this information out To see exactly what is what Uh, The column next to that one is count, which means how many movies that this person has been a part of that I've seen. Uh, Samuel L. Jackson leading the way with 59. Sherry Lynn at 48. Tom Hanks and Owen Wilson at 42. Johnny Depp at 41. Uh, Those are the only five people that have hit 40. Um, Only 37 people have hit 30. Uh, The Number 20 is 180 people. You know, and the average is seven. A little, it's about, just about seven and a half is the average. Uh, And one is a number I try to avoid, uh, but, you know, there's currently 150 people who are on this spreadsheet, who are on this spreadsheet, have only been in one film. And generally, I would say 50% of those people are only in. Spreadsheet for because they were nominated or won an Academy Award for that one performance of theirs. I've seen, I would say 50% of these people are dead now, and simply I just simply looked at their filmography and saw quite a few films that I knew I would end up watching in the future, and I just haven't seen them yet. Or they were just incredibly, or on the other hand, they're very young, and so I see a future for them down the line. Or they were just like a standout character in their film. And I secretly hope that they end up doing more. Uh, Or, you know, they're famous for some other reason. Janelle Monáe, uh, Laura Prepon, Eliza Taylor, Stephen Amell. Those three are all television actors primarily. Um, You know, Bruno Mars, Farrah Fawcett, you know, Elena Glazer, Nathan Fielder so you know there's a lot of just different categories of these kind of people fit in the next category is average film rating um, so all of 50 all Samuel L. Jackson's 59 films average into a 58.83 which considering just how many movies he's been in I think that's a really good number when <clears throat> when the average the average average film rating is a 61 uh, simply because more films on my spreadsheet are rated higher than lower and I think a good portion of the movies that don't have a a lot of actors in them are rated lower than higher you know I'm looking at You know, short films, experimental films. Uh, You know, the exception there would be documentaries where generally that number would end up being higher than lower. Uh, But most documentaries either have a well-known narrator to voice them or feature somebody in some capacity as themselves in the film, which is also part of the spreadsheet. Uh, Yeah. The next uh, eight columns are the number of films each person's been in that have been rated 100 in the 90s and 80s and the 70s and 60s, 50s, 25 to 49, and 0 to 24. And currently the most prevalent uh, rating group is the 25 to 49 rating, where a, a, an actor has an average of 1.37 films rated between 25 and 49, with uh, Owen Wilson, Keith David, and Jeff Bennett. Jeff Bennett is a voice actor. Uh, those three have all had 12 films rated between 25 and 49. Samuel Jackson, Adam Sandler, and Rob Paulson are at 11. Steve Buscemi has 10, and everyone else has something in the single digits. Um, but on the other side of that, there are actually just about 1200 people who have no films rated in that range which is incredible like that's and you know a lot of those people will have a film in the next lower rating but to be able you know I always find it fascinating when um, you know someone can go 10 15 20 films and have no films rated below 50. Or even just between 25 and 49. You know, Best Flowers has 18 films, and the lowest one is a 61. That's incredibly impressive. Uh, James Stewart's 12 films only give him one below that rating. Domino Gleason's got 15, with only one bad. Edward Norton only has one bad film. Um, uh, Don Cheadle only has one bad film. Uh, um, Catherine Hepburn, only seven films, but only one's bad. You know, the the highest rated person that has no bad films is Best Flowers, number eight. Then you've got Rudy Bond, who's only been in five films, and they're all like The Godfather, 12 Angry Men, Taking of Pelham, one, two, three. Then you go down to Garrett Dillahunt at 41st, who was in Looper, The Road, Any Day Now, No Country for Old Men, Winter's Bone, The Assassination of Jesse James by the Coward Robert Crawford. uh, I'm sorry, by the Coward Robert Ford and 12 Years a Slave. And then you've got a pair in Olivia de Havilland and Robert Shaw, who both have four films to their credit. And, you know, so that, you know, you can go further down. Um, you know, the next highest category is the 80 films rated in the eighties where each person has an average of 1.21 films rated in the eighties with Philip Seymour Hoffman leading the way there with 12 of them, you know, in the seventies, 1.17 films in the seventies, Sherry Lynn has 12 0.87 films rated in the nineties. Sherry Lynn has 13 0.01 films rated hundred. And you know everyone that's got one has one. Nobody has two. The other, the next lowest uh, category is actually in the fifties, which I find really problematic because movies rated in the fifty range are incredibly average, and you would expect for the ratings to kind of gravitate toward the middle the longer you keep watching movies, but. You know, it's so hard to hit that one range because generally a movie just tips past it in one direction or the other. And I've been trying to be a little bit more precise and permissible in putting that rating on movies, you know, because the biggest detriment is that it doesn't award points of value in positive or negative. So it it kind of is a nothing and like the only thing it really affects is your average film rating. Uh, which generally it will bring down unless you are a very poorly rated uh, individual prior to it, but um, so, you know, average is 0.7 films rated in the 70s per person and Morgan Freeman has the most with 7 of them and that's the highest Uh, and then 0 through 24, the average person has 1 of those and Adam Sandler has the most with 12. The next two columns are Academy Award nominations and Academy Award wins. So, again, there's 3,253 people on the spreadsheet. The average person has 0.22 Academy Award nominations. So, roughly one of every five people has a nomination. 20%. 22%. And... 0.06% 0.06% or 6% have won an award. And you know, again, I have not seen every single film that has a, nom- a nominated Academy Award performance. So, you know, this is a slightly skewed number currently, but I'm, I'm working on it for sure. Uh, you know, the two That I have that have more than two wins. Are Daniel Day-Lewis with three. Catherine Hepburn with three. And Meryl Streep leads. In nominations with ten right now. And I I do intend to continue to watch. The rest of her. Nominated films. Because I do think that she. Is. uh, Someone who. I don't truly. Give enough credit to. I guess is how I will put it. And I I do intend to hopefully remedy that soon. Uh, The column after that is value, which again is based on the value of films and their ratings. And then the last column, or the next column, is their score. So it takes their value plus their average film rating plus a point for every Academy Award nomination plus a point for every Academy Award win. So Meryl Streep... Has an average film rating of 65.08, has a value of 30, which gives her 95.08, 10 nominated performances, which gives her 105.08, and two wins. So 107.08, and that's her score. And that puts her in 56th place. And you know, it's that, it's just simple addition, really. Then the next Thirty currently, uh, six, fifty-nine columns. After that, are every single movie that these people have been in, rated from rank, ordered from best to worst. So, uh, so for example, if we look again at, you know, we'll just stick with Meryl Streep right now. Her best movie, in my opinion, that she's been a part of, is Fantastic Mr. Fox. And then after that is The Devil Wears Prada, Kramer vs. Kramer, The Manchurian Candidate, The Hours, Adaptation, Girl Rising, Deer Hunter, Manhattan, Doubt, Julia, Marvin's Room, Hope Springs, August Osage County, To the Arctic, Into the Woods, Music of the Heart, Out of Africa, Suffragette, It's Complicated, The Iron Lady, Lemony Snicket, A Series of Unfortunate Events, The Giver, Rendition, Death Becomes Her. There's your 25. And each... Uh, category of film is a different uh, formatting so if it's rated 100 it's bold and underlined if it's in the 90s it's italicized and underlined if it's in the 80s it's just underlined if it's in the 70s it's bold and italicized 60s is just italicized 50s there's no change um, 25 to 40 <clears throat> 49 is through. And zero to twenty-four is strike through and red. And then on top of that, it is yellow speckled. If it's an Academy Award nominated performance, it is um, yellow speckled twice as hard. I don't know. It's harder. To exp- I don't know. It's a different pattern type. That's more. That's thicker. If it's an Academy Award winning performance, if it's a narration, the entire cell is. Um, given a golden background. If it is just a voice performance that's not narration, uh, so that could just be on a telephone, that can be in an animated movie, that can be mocap sometimes. Depends. Uh, Then it's a pink background. If it's in the movie as themselves, it's a green background. Uh... I think that's all of them. Yes. Yep. Yep. That's those are the that, so that's the formatting that I use um, to clarify those kinds of things. And so you know I can look at and say you know we've got three thousand two hundred fifty three people on this spreadsheet. Um, only nine hundred forty five of them have been in nine movies. 816 of them have been in 10, 704, 11, 6, 12, 12, 534, 13. You know, the numbers keep getting smaller and smaller and smaller and smaller. 109 people have been in 23, 94 people, 97 people have been in 24. Uh, and then you kind of get to the, the elite of the elite. Eight people have been in 36, seven people in 37, six in 38, six in 39, five in 40. 5 and 41, 4 and 42, 2 and 43. And you get 2 all the way up to 49, where there's 1 all the way up to 59. And then 60 currently has 0. So good old Samuel L. Jackson is keeping the spreadsheet spreading out wider and wider and wider with every new movie he appears in. Um, so, you know, I, I do intend to hopefully take some time tonight uh, and really take some snapshots of various parts of the spreadsheet and add them to the website. Um, you know, that's a page that has been lacking. And, you know, it's one thing for me to talk about it, it's another to be able to just kind of, you know, because I'm sure you have an idea in your head of what I'm talking about. And it's probably very different from what it actually looks like when I'm looking at it now. And probably part of that is just me describing it poorly, but it's simply, you know, it's, it's, I don't know. I, I believe that it is something that needs to be seen to be believed because, you know, I can tell you on and on and on, go on and on and on about how much work I've put into this thing about how many hours and how much information is actually on this spreadsheet. And it's tough to be able to grasp that without physically seeing the evidence of it, you know. As much as my incessant prattling about various things on the spreadsheet seems to be somewhat endless, uh, you know, it does... It still, you know, bears displaying just how extensive the spreadsheet is and that's what i'm hopefully going to be able to f- accomplish tonight uh, but we'll see if i have the time um, yeah so uh again uh thank you for listening this is been the statistics episode for axon ridge with a further detailed and in-depth look at my ad- actors page on my spreadsheet uh again Axel Ridge got an 80 i really enjoyed it i think it's a 80 kind of translates to barely great uh, or very very good ultimately so you know if you haven't seen it um you know this episode isn't i guess kind of irrelevant to bring it up now but this is the like these statistics episodes aren't really gonna give you any information about the film itself, you know, maybe tertiary information here and there as I'm commenting on the actors, I'm coming commenting on the directors and the genres and things. But ultimately, you know, the review episode is gonna have a lot of the plot points and styles and whatnot decisions. So you know, that's you know, that's where I'm at. That's that's Hacksaw Ridge. That's the spreadsheet. I'm Ryan, you can Follow me on follow me and the spreadsheet on iTunes at circle of film. You can email me at circleoffilm@gmail.com. at gmail.com. You can find me at circlefilm.com. You can find me and follow me on letterboxed at letterboxed.com stranger. And I will be back tomorrow with another episode of some sort. I'm not sure what yet, but uh, you'll see. Thank you very much. Have a week. So long, farewell, I'll be the same good night. Come on, baby, while we paint the town? And all that jazz. So long.